the fundamental thing about growing any business is you have to know who you are and what you're all about. This is the Mad Lemmings podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings Podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host, and thanks for joining us again today. I just got back from a great trip to Belgium. We went up for a wedding and also arrived to a hailstorm, which was great. We've got a pretty new car, and now that car's got 30 nice little dents in it, but covered by insurance, so nothing to worry about. And while I was up there, I managed to get over to a conference in Antwerp and saw some great presentations by some of the great content marketers today, including uh, Kelly Hungerford from Paperly. A lot of you may know Paperly. They're doing great stuff. And a few other guys like Lee Oden and Jay Bear. And Jay's presentation was super professional and, and fantastic. He's talking about being useful and how we should all be useful today and how we can use that in our content marketing. And of course, if you're not being useful, your customers are probably not coming back. And that's something I'm going to be talking about in another post that I write about the whole conference uh, probably next week. I've been putting that all together. So I look forward to that. That was fantastic. And I'll give you all the best highlights of that conference and what you can use from what I learned there. But today we've got someone on the show who can also help your business get to the next level or maybe a level you've never even thought about and that is finding direction and meaning and uh, all of those kind of things like USB and, and so forth in your business. I've got Lisa Chilvers on the show and that's one of her specialties is helping give businesses direction and, and find their meaning and it may sound a little bit uh, airy-fairy and, and something you don't need to be doing but really if you think about it without knowing what you're doing, where you're going and your reason for being in business and what you stand for, you really have no chance of, of standing out and getting anywhere specific or, or great in your business. And Lisa's been helping me get on track with my business and it's certainly helped me a lot think about what I'm doing and where I'm going. And I think we all need to, need to be doing that and that's why I got Lisa on the show. So here's our discussion on getting your business on track with Lisa Chilvers. All right, thanks for joining me today, Lisa. Thanks for inviting me, Ash. I'm really happy to be be chatting to you finally after all this time. Yes, it's a it's a common uh, common ailment we have on the internet. We know each other, but yet we've never met. <laughs> exactly. So we have seen each other today, so that's a good start. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Quickly turn on the Skype video. It's always interesting when I do a do a podcast. People are like, "Is it with video? Is it without video?" And I say, "Well, it's up to you. If you're if you're decent, we'll turn the video on and then." We'll turn it off again later when the, the bandwidth goes down or, or whatever. Sometimes that causes problems. But, uh, yeah, it's great to actually finally connect. And uh, I've had the same experience with a lot of people I've been online because most of the people I get on I already know reasonably well from Twitter and, and so forth. Mm. So quick uh, two-minute spiel on your uh, your background, what you do, where you are. Oh, gosh. Two minutes. <laughs> or, I'll, I'll give, or I'll give you 20. No, two <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, got a, 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 a background probably like a lot of people who go into self-employment. You try quite a few things and aren't particularly happy with any of them and then realise that that takes you to where you really want to be and what you want to do. I, I was an accountant by trade. I do apologise for that. <laughs> um, and I apologise to all the accountants out there who might be offended by the inference. Um but I didn't like the crunching the numbers. There is so much more to business than what I call the hard side of business, the numbers, the profit and loss, the balance sheet. The business is more about the softer side, the people involved, the personalities, what drives those people. And I was very, very fortunate to be offered a role within the finance industry as a practice manager, which took me into all sorts of different areas, um, HR management, planning, um, strategy within companies, um, both for my, my own company that employed me and my clients. And I really liked looking into businesses and finding out how they worked and what made them tick 
and the personalities involved. And that was the starting point to getting me where I am today. And then while I was a practice manager, um, a friend invited me to a Walt Disney Masterclass out at Manchester Airport, which was a day's event presented by Disney executives all about the Disney Corporation and how they do business and how you can take those qualities and put them into your own business. And I have to say, I was fascinated by their whole ethos of customer retention, of delivering top quality service. And I decided that this was something that was severely lacking within the UK as a whole. And hence, here I am um, helping people through Athena grow their businesses. But it's all about growing your business by creating a much better engagement with your customers. So your customers like you, they know you, they trust you, and they actively want to do business with you. And they want to keep doing business with you. Because at the end of the day, one-off business is never going to make you a fortune. What you need is a steady, reliable customer base who will keep giving you income year in, year out. And that's basically what we do. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we came across each other on, on Twitter and uh, most people probably don't realise but we've been working a little bit together. You've been pushing me in the direction of uh, streamlining my thoughts on, on where my business is going because I've just started and uh, I thought I would get you on today to go over a couple of those topics because I, I think most people like myself and, and you don't even realise are, are missing this really important foundation of of what you're doing where you're going why you're doing it and and what your main goals are in, in mind and i thought we could quickly chat about your your philosophy on that and how you go about guiding people with that and some ideas that people could uh, take away at the end of the podcast and put into their own business certainly um, do you want me to go through it like as i went through it with you yeah Let's i mean if we, I, don't, I don't know if we've missed i don't know if we did missed anything in, in what we did together or we could just do the main the main points till till where you left me off last <laughs> yeah i mean the, the basic the fundamental thing about growing any business is you have to know who you are and what you're all about and we call this finding out what your ethos is now ethos stands for characteristic spirit so i think it's slightly different to a mission statement I think a mission statement is more about what you want to achieve. Your ethos is about who you fundamentally are as an individual. Because if you can get those values across to your customers, they will necessarily engage with you as long as the ethos is positive, which we'd always like to think that it is. (laughs) We, We don't want anyone with a negative ethos. And those that have a negative ethos don't last very long. But it is all about working out what you actually want people to know about you. And when you've worked out what that fundamental ethos is, making sure that everything you do in your business communicates that to your clients all the time. At Athena, we are fixers. We claim that we can solve, and I say we because I couldn't do what I do, without some fantastic trusted associates who help me deliver what I do for my clients. But we are able to solve whatever problem that client may have. Because if I can't do it myself, I will go out and find somebody who can. But I will only work with those who have the same ethos as myself Mm -hmm. for reliability, for quality, for attention to detail. And so it's not about what we're doing for the client. It's how we're going about doing it. And that's what's most important, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's a very important point because in the end, how many businesses out there are really unique if you look at what you do? I mean, most of us are doing something that there is already competition for. Exactly. Or even if you're not, you need to convince people that what you're doing is worthwhile, even if it's a new business, for example, I don't know when PayPal came out or, or whatever, you still need people to trust you and understand you. And I think this is a great idea of of picking apart why you're doing what you're doing and what it is that you want people to remember you for 
And I mean, I'm still slowly finding my way in putting that into my business. It's very, it's very difficult to to sort of get that in your mind when you're just so used to focusing on the black and white, as you say, the numbers and the the hows and the whats. You're not really looking at the why so often, which is which is actually a big mistake. But uh, and how does this go together with? Um, what they usually call the is it the USP is that the right is it the right uh, acronym the unique uh, selling point or the unique uh, position of yourself as a as a business what you uh, what you stand for is that more or less part of that then uh, I think it is and I um, know someone um, who actually puts the rather than using the letter U puts the word Y O U as in you are your your USP yeah. Because it is, you're quite right in what you say. What is it that's going to differentiate you, as, as Ashley folks, from another web developer um, or another social media person? What is it that makes you so different? Because we would like to assume that if you say you're a social media specialist, that you know everything about social media. But then the next social media expert will claim exactly the same. So what is it about you that is fundamentally different? And it can't just come down to personality. Well, I, I, it's because I like them. I like the way they sound. There has to be something deeper than that. And quite often it does come with the things you have done in your career that have brought you to where you are now. For example, one of my USPs is my Disney connection. The fact that I've, I've, I've studied what they do, I've worked with them, I know what they're about, and there are certain things that they do that love or hate Disney as a corporation, there is no doubt that it is phenomenally successful at what it does. And what you have to do is, is there is nothing wrong with modelling yourself on someone else, of taking almost not copying the ethos because your ethos has to be individual, but taking your inspiration from a an incredibly successful company in your sector and go, well, okay, what is it that they're doing that makes them so brilliant at it? And can I incorporate any of that into my own business? So people should really be starting to think about what it is that that drives them and and why they can make a difference for their for their customers and not just provide the service but uh, impress them for example or go above and beyond or do something and i think this is also an interesting differentiating factor i hear people say again you know discounting as a method of getting customers is inherently weak you should be looking to increase your prices and offer more instead of less and i think this partly at least goes hand in hand with that you're offering something unique and something that the customer is going to come back to because of you and what you've given them rather than just the individual service because as you say there's there's 10 on the next corner right yes uh, it is all about the, the added value competition never has had anything to do with price All you have to do is look at the luxury brands that are out there to see that they are surviving and prospering regardless of the fact that the prices they charge are eye-wateringly high. (laughs) Now, when we talk about discounting, I always use the example of, say you wanted to buy a luxury car. So you decide you want a Bentley. I mean, you can't get much higher than that. So you go into the Bentley showroom and you go, well, actually, I really like your cars, but I'd like a 20% discount. They're just going to hold the door open and suggest that you shop elsewhere because quality costs and quality will always cost. And if you want people to appreciate the quality of what you do, you have to demonstrate that in the price that you charge. Disney is a prime example. They're main their flagship hotel is the most expensive hotel in the whole of florida yet it has a 98 percent occupancy really yeah now most hotels would be glad of a 50 percent occupancy but disney managed that because people will actively part with their money to pay for an experience now 
a lot of people would argue, okay, you're going to a theme park, you're you're doing something for leisure, you're enjoying yourself. Why wouldn't you want to pay for that? But their argument would be if somebody feels like they're getting the right experience in any business that they do, price is the last thing they think about. And I'll use an example. I live near a local small town where I have four dry cleaners to choose from. I use one of them where the couple that run it, Mark and Sarah, I I know them by, by name. I go in, I drop my stuff off, they clean it for me and I go in and pay. Now, the seasons have changed. So I took my a pair of curtains and a big heavy duvet in and I just dropped them off on the counter, asked when they'd be ready and left. And it was only as I was walking away that it had never actually occurred to me to ask them how much it was going to cost me. <laughs> because at the end of the day, to be honest, it doesn't bother me. What I'm more interested in is the service I get when I walk in the door and the quality of the service, the dry cleaning service they will deliver. If they talk, I, I, I recently found out that the dry cleaner about 50 yards down the road is cheaper. Am I going to swap and go to them? No, because I know what I want and I know I'm getting that extra value. And that's what it's all about. You've got to give people, you can charge them whatever you like, but you have to make your client feel like they're getting their money's worth. And that's what it's all about. So the second step uh, that we went through after, after the ethos, I'm just trying to remember what, what did you call that? That's the, it's your vision, the vision. That's right. Yeah. Your, your vision, where (laughs) do you want to go? That's a, it's a very important question, actually, because, uh, I mean, it was something when, when you asked me that, I already had a, a rough idea. Luckily, it wasn't too killer for me. But for a lot of people, I mean, you're, you're so busy, and we were talking about this before we started as well, you're so busy with daily life sometimes, you don't, you don't stand back or stop and think about what it is you're doing. You just do because you've got more than enough to do. You don't have time to think. But if you don't take time to think or you're not forced to take time to think, then you really don't see beyond the next step right and then you really you could be going anywhere yeah it's it's very very easy to to get so involved in your business that you don't spend any time on it and you always quite difficult when you're first starting out the main primary driving force is making money because you've got to pay the bills you've got to make ends meet so when you start off, it's quite easy to just do anything and everything. Yeah. But what you've got to think about is going back to, to your ethos, how does that make you look out there in the market? Do people realize what it is you're trying to do or do they just see you as being a bit random? So if you want people to engage with you, you need to be very, very clear what it is you want to do. And it's all about picking what, uh, there's a a lady I know, um, she's called uh, Isla Wilson, and she runs a company called Ruby Star Associates. And she's always called it your superhero mission. Something that's so far out there that you don't realistically have any hope of ever achieving it. But why not think big? Because even if you only get halfway to that vision, you travel an awful long way. And I think it's only by having a big vision for your business, we call it world domination. If you want to achieve world domination, fabulous. We'll, we'll try and help you get there. You might have to start with domination of your local area first. You might <laughs> even have to start with domination of a five-mile radius. But you've got to know where you want to go if you've ever hoped to, to succeed. I heard a very, very interesting quote, and I can't credit it because I don't know who first came up with it. But the quote was, if, if you've got a wish, if you want your wishes to come true, a plan is the only magic wand you need. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting because we tend to think, oh, well, I'll carry on and, and it'll sort itself out. But how often is that actually true? Not not very really. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
if you want your business to achieve great heights, you've got to know where you're headed. And as you know, when when you and I talked about it, you'd just gone on a train journey. And I used the example of you traveling to a different destination. You wouldn't set off on that journey without planning your route, working out where the connections were, working out what time you were due to arrive, how you would get back. You wouldn't plan a normal physical journey without going through the right planning process. So why take your business on a journey without doing exactly the same? You end up like those people, I've forgotten who they were, who put something into their GPS and they didn't really know where they were going and they ended up on a mountain in Italy instead of on the coast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, as, as we've discussed, there is nothing to stop you deviating from that plan if you think you're taking a worthwhile, um, if, if you think the route you're going on, it, the different route you're going on is, is worthwhile. It, the plan, I think too many people fail to plan for their business because they think it's set in stone. Yeah. Well, I've made this plan and I've got to stick with it. And again, I use the example of traveling from, I mean, for the, traveling from Manchester to London to an appointment. If I could fit in a little detour via Birmingham to achieve what I wanted to achieve and still arrive at London at the right time, what would be the problem with doing that? Because I think sometimes people are afraid to investigate opportunities who think, no, it doesn't fit in with my, you know, with my destination. Well, it might do. <laughs> Don't obviously go off at a total tangent, but it's fine to wander off the path a little bit to see where it might take you. Yeah, it's very, it's very fitting, actually, because yesterday I was on the phone with uh, a woman who contacted me just out of the blue from uh, this uh, women's online conference yesterday and asked me to be a speaker in July. And uh, she asked me to do it for Twitter, which is something I was focused on a lot in, in the last year. And it's not something I've been focused on in my business recently, but I thought, well, should I say no to this opportunity? Because I don't have 20 people knocking on my door asking me to do speaker gigs and uh, exposing me to thousands of people I've never met before. So I thought, okay, I'll just ring this woman up and see where it takes me because, yeah, if you say no to everything that comes your way that doesn't seem 100% on track, then maybe you'll miss miss out on something which might take you somewhere amazing. Yeah, I think that with every decision, and this comes back to the, the ethos and the vision, the first question you have to ask yourself is, does this fundamentally match my ethos? Is it something that I feel comfortable doing? Yeah. Does it fit with my core values? Which clearly, given your background in Twitter, etc., it does. Does it fit my overall vision? Well, yes, as, as we've talked about, you have a vision for your company, but it's not a singular vision. There are other things tacked onto it, and this could be part of it. Mm. So therefore, why not explore it? It all comes down to, I think, time and effort. If there's something that's going to take a week of your time, you might want to sit back and go, whoa, hold on. Is this really going to benefit my business in the long term? And this actually comes back to something I've been blogging about after a discussion with a client today. When it comes to making these business decisions, it's always good to extrapolate. And by that, I mean, look at the decision you're going to take and then ask yourself, what is my WCS? What is my worst case scenario? If I take that decision, what's the very worst that could happen? And then you ask yourself, and if that worst case scenario happens, can I live with it? Mm -hmm. And if the answer to that is yes, then there's your decision made for you. It, it might not be the ideal outcome, but if you can live with the outcome and it still fits with what you want to do, then do it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it actually before I even called this this girl because I thought to myself, okay, well, it's not something I'd planned and focusing on Twitter was not my current focus. So is it going to deviate me too far in terms of time and focus and I thought okay well I've got all the material pretty much already from this is how the woman found me through my course actually and I've got all the material and she doesn't want me to present a course she just wants me to do a 45 minute presentation and she said from that you can then 
decide yourself where you want to take these people. You can get them onto your mailing list or you can offer them coaching or whatever you want to do. It's up to you entirely. So I just need to think about that as a potential future service, which I'd put on the side actually for the moment, but now I can rejuvenate. And I thought to myself, okay, worst case, nobody wants to take any of my services. Well, okay, but they now, now three to 5,000 people might now know my name. That's, exactly. not, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you a scenario from my point of view. As an accountant, I am happy, well, I can quite easily crunch the numbers. Can I produce a financial business plan for a client? I certainly can. But a client approached me the other day and asked me if I would do a business plan and cash forecast for them. And I said, no, sorry. But no, they went, why? But you can. I said, yes, but although I can doesn't mean I want to. I don't really want people to know me for producing business plans because I've moved far away from that as part of my service. So the fact that you can do it is totally different to do I want to do it and does it help me get my business where I want it to be? And in the case of me doing a business plan, the answer to that is is resolutely no. It's not what I want my business to be about. So I've I've turned work down. And I think this is what people find very, very difficult when they're growing their business. It's hard to say no because a client is quite often seen as a money-making opportunity and taken for its own sake rather than thinking about, whoa, hold on a minute, If I do this, again, what are going to be the consequences? Am I going to be known for someone who prepares business plans? And how bad would that be? And how far will that take me from my overall vision for the company? So it is all about everything. It's like we said, your ethos and your vision must fundamentally drive everything that you do. And try and... And this is the part where I'm at now, which is trying to think how to start getting this information across in in your business, like something you, you mentioned to me the other day on my Twitter account, which is something I've been partially correcting, but not enough, which is I'm focusing too much on other people and other information and not on, and there's always a balance, of course, but not on my own business. And yeah, there's of course, I mean, it's very difficult to find the exact balance that works without blowing your own trumpet too much and not blowing someone else's. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – so your your idea then is in when, when you've decided all of this stuff and you've figured out where you want to go – and actually, well, let's just stop on that for a second. I'm, I'm getting off track. But when you were talking about this this vision, just to give people an idea of, of how you would break that down, what were the three or four things you said to me in order to imagine this future – vision of yourself and and your business and how to put yourself in those shoes? Um, You you have to make your vision quite clear. I think that's the first thing. You, not only for your business, but for you personally. So it's quite easy sometimes for people to say, I want to be the biggest web developer in Europe. Fine. Okay. That's, That's fair enough as a vision for your business. But where do you see yourself sitting within that business? Because I just, I, I talked to someone the other day and I said, it is very much be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Turning yourself into the biggest web company in Europe might sound like a brilliant idea, but think about what that does for you personally. Will you have a personal life? Will you have any life? Will it be making money? So what you have to do is you have to, to take almost a mental snapshot of yourself in five years' time, say, and go, where Where would I like to see myself? Where do I envision myself being? Would I like to be a Hector Reaver type on a, you know, on a boat somewhere in, in the Mediterranean, just slopping around, doing nothing in particular, having sold my company for millions of, of dollars? Fine. But it, it is all about quantifying it. And for a lot of people, it's not about the money. And, and we've talked about this. It's more about creating a lifestyle for yourself and and a balance. Yes, perhaps you do need a a great deal of money to achieve that. 
would unless you know where it is you want to be as an individual you can't really then translate that into business success because as i said if you say you want to be the, the you know we'll take it i want to be for example I'm, I'm, i've worked with someone who is an event organizer they want to organize the biggest events in the uk but then i pointed out to them did they really want to be working all weekend every weekend <laughs> and five days a week and then weekends as well and what did they hope to achieve by that? How would it make them feel? Why do you want what you want? Because you can't just decide you want to take your business somewhere without thinking about the consequences on you as an individual, how you might grow and develop, and whether or not you can maintain the ethos and the vision that you started out with and carry that through into the future. So it is all about quantifying. So like I said to you, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself? Who do you see around you? Um, are you a materialistic person? Do you want all the trappings of, of fame and fortune? Those are the sort of things that you need to focus on personally, as well as focusing on the vision for the business. Yeah, yeah and I think it really goes hand in hand, especially these days when we have so much potential freedom and and travel and all of these kinds of things because now you have a variety of different businesses which you could model and so thinking about as you also said to me the business model do you want to be in an office with a bunch of people or do you want to be at home behind a computer or do you want to be able to travel and take your laptop with you do you want staff do you not want staff do you want a lot of money or do you just want enough to get by yeah i think these are all really really fundamental and important decisions because once you've made a lot of those decisions what do i want to achieve with my life in relation to my business it actually will then dictate a lot of what you're aiming for not not just the business goals but how it's going to be formed and how it's going to work because now we can outsource we don't have to have exactly. staff anymore and yeah i think that's really important and i had a lot of these ideas already luckily i knew roughly what i what i wanted to achieve but i think for a lot of people understanding the potential business models and, and the ways that you can work with people these days because a lot of people are in that mindset that they need an office. I just listened to a podcast about an Australian guy the other day and he was working with one of his uh, mastermind groups and the guy in there, he said, well, you've got a struggling graphic design business with three employees in an office. Firstly, why do you have an office? You're doing computer work. You don't need an office. You own an office. Get rid of the office. So the guy sold the office and he said, okay, these four employees or three employees, why do you have them? You have seasonal work. He's working for a lot of fashion stuff and, you know, they didn't have work all year round. He said, as much as it's harsh to say get rid of your employees, they're actually killing your business. Get rid of your employees and contract people. And he did that. And all of a sudden he went from barely making a living to sometimes, yeah. to sometimes making 20 grand a month. And the guy couldn't believe the turnaround in his in his business because he didn't realise that there were other ways of working. Yeah, I mean, I am I I hold my hands up and I am I'm very very limited in how big I can grow my business because I well, yes, go on, I am going to blow my own trumpet. I'm <laughs> the only person that can do what I do. I couldn't pass my day-to-day -day consultancy work on to somebody else to deal with my clients for me. Yeah. Yes, there are a certain number of things that I have done for clients in the past, which I no longer do. I used to do social, I used to manage the social media for one of my clients. I don't do that anymore. I, I subcontract that out. I also appreciate that uh, horses for courses, there are certain things that I just don't know enough about that I need to bring another expert in, another specialist. But I don't have them on the payroll. They're actually brought in on a client-by-client -client need basis. Yeah. And they charge me a fee, and I charge that fee to the client. Or the client will pay me a global fee and leave it up to me to make sure that the right services are brought in. But it is all about thinking about who do I need to help me deliver this and how can it best be done? I don't have an office. I have, well, I have an office at home, um, but I spend so much of my time out and about 
that my clients, there is one client that comes to my, to my office at home, um, my biggest client, but all the rest, I go out to their premises or I meet them wherever's most convenient for them, at contacts of theirs. And yeah, I don't need my own office space. I don't need full-time employees. I have various people who I use to do my, although I could do my financials myself, I actually pay somebody to do those for me because it's it's more productive use of my time to be doing other things. Everything that I, I don't necessarily need to do, I do farm out to other people on an ad hoc basis. But I've also appreciated that due to the nature of what I do, my business will itself will never achieve world domination <laughs> because I can't possibly, there's only a limited number of hours in every day that I can offer consultancy services. Yeah. However, I'm comfortable with that. My business makes me a decent living and it will never make me a millionaire, but that's okay with me. Now, I talk to some people and they go, oh, I wouldn't be satisfied with that. Well, that's fine. But it does, this is why it's very, very important to set your own limits and not listen to what other people want and not listen to, they say, oh, well, you should do this and you should do that. Why don't you want to be bigger? Well, actually, I don't want to be bigger because I like to offer a bespoke service, a, a personal service that I couldn't possibly offer if I was relying on other people to deliver that for me. So it is all about, again, coming back to what are you all about and how are you best going to deliver that and then how big realistically can you get? Yeah. And in my case, it's quite small, really, but <laughs> small but perfectly formed. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's where it all, I think people often get stuck because you don't – or. People don't understand, I mean, including myself in the beginning, how to break things down into, yeah, your your wants and needs and then the possibilities of achieving those through the variety of, of methods and and services that we have available nowadays. And as you've said, you can outsource all the bits and pieces that you don't want to do, and that's relatively easy. I mean, you need to find the right people, but it, it takes time, but it's certainly doable. You don't need to be a jack of all trades. And it certainly doesn't always help to be one because there are better people out there to do certain tasks like you've got your graphic designer and this and that and the other. And people, I think, need to start to understand that. Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to, yeah, have all the money and just stand back and not do anything? Or do I want to be personally involved like you are? And that's that's really a fundamental decision. And then, yeah, do you want to outsource? Do you want to have an in-house team? Do you want to grow big or do you want to stay small? Do you want lots of money or not lots of money? And what do you stand for and what are you trying to achieve? And that's, yeah, basically why I wanted to bring you on here because these are questions which I don't see that many people talking about on the internet. And I think even as bloggers or small business owners, single entrepreneurs or whatever, you're sitting there online, you're working. And if you're not looking at all of these questions early enough in your business or in your blog or whatever, then you're going to make a lot of really fundamental mistakes and five years later go, whoops, I didn't mean to get here. <laughs> I meant to go somewhere else. I, I, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head with so many small businesses that start and then fail. Um, there is a, a vast, there's a, an incredibly high failure rate in small business. And I think an awful lot of it comes down to, as I always say, just because you're incredibly good at what you do doesn't mean you can make money at it. Yeah. And you can be supremely talented as a graphic designer, as a fashion designer, as a photographer, whatever, as a cake maker, whatever it might be. But unless you actually sit down and think of the consequences of trying to make a living doing it, then you are going to come unstuck. And it is very, very easy to hurtle into it, thinking I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that because I need to make some money, and then sit down a year in and go, oh, my God, how did I get here? Why don't I have? I now need this. And I'm actually working with a client at the moment who we've been working together for 18 months now. 
and we have actually achieved world domination to a certain extent. We are now we've they've done a merger with a US company and they projected turnover for the next 12 months is 1.6 million dollars, nice. which is fantastic. However, I am now trying to get them to make sure the new business plan follows the right steps. Because one of the issues they had with the previous business was they tried to shortcut procedures. They tried to do things quickly. They tried the quick fix. And unfortunately, quick fixes never last. And unless you get it right at the beginning, when you have the time and the energy to to devote to it, you will find that when it does go wrong, you're so busy doing other things that you really don't have the time to address the problems. And one of the analogies I use is a new building. There's a new building in city centre Manchester that's been on the, in the process of going up for the last 18 months or so. And it started off with the original building being demolished and the hoardings going up. And for what appeared to be the longest time, nothing was happening, nothing at all. And then all of a sudden you go into the city centre and there is this phenomenally big building. (laughs) And part of you goes, oh, good God, where did that come from? But what you don't realise is while the hoardings are up and you don't know what's going on, the architects are making the plans. The structural engineers are talking about the different load weights and the measurements and how things are going to fit together. The construction people are digging big holes in the ground to lay the foundations. And this is why I use a building, because your business is very much the same. If you don't get the foundations of a building spot on, how long is that building going to last? So look at your business and the foundations of your business, the fundamental things, your ethos, your vision, your message, what you're all about, what you want to achieve. Get those right from the beginning. Unfortunately, it takes time and not a lot seems to be happening. But then once the building starts going up, it's amazing how quickly it grows. And your business is the same. Get the groundwork and the foundations done properly and you'll be amazed how quickly your business can take off because you can focus on growing your business now rather than constantly backtracking and trying to shore it up from underneath trying to put right the things that you didn't get right the first time round. And my biggest complaint is people bring me in when they've been going for nine months and these problems are already there. Whereas what I'd really rather is they brought me in on day one so we can start properly. It's always more difficult to correct things that have gone wrong it's much, much easier to start at the beginning, get it right from the beginning, and then there's far more, far less effort as, as things progress. Yeah, but I think it's, it's just the way of the world, really. People wait till things go wrong. <laughs> People are very, very reactive in business. They will wait for things to start falling apart before they go, oh, God, this isn't good. We better get someone to put this right. Yes, yes. And um, unfortunately, I think it's it's just a, a, a problem of business generally. Yeah, it happened all the time in my, my early career as an IT web developer. It's basically, oh, we better get the web guys in. We've tried to make a website and it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very familiar, unfortunately. I think it's part of human nature. We'll give it a go ourselves and when we mess it up, we'll get someone we'll get, in. We'll get an expert. We'll in. get someone in to clean <laughs> yeah. it up. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up and uh, just give people something to walk away with, maybe they could do today. What would you suggest as a couple of relatively um, straightforward tasks to get them on the right track to get started? I think the, the, the fundamental, most important one is getting that, that ethos right, because it is almost giving people impression of who you are, making sure they think the right things about you. We would all like to think that while we're out and about networking or chatting over Twitter or LinkedIn or whichever platform we're using, that people are thinking well of us, that people respect us. 
And if you feel like you're not getting that level of respect, perhaps it's worth asking yourself why that might be. Do they fundamentally understand what it is I'm trying to achieve? Do they know what I'm all about? Because this may be where the problem is. That people are, well, yes, he's a lovely guy, but I've no idea what he does. And, And that's quite a common thing, particularly in something that I do, which is bespoke for every client, which is perhaps a bit more woolly around the edges. Um, But I I think it is even more important in somebody like what you do or a printer or a photographer, a social media specialist, someone who is facing an awful lot of competition. You have to think about how am I going to make people see me? What am I going to do to convince them that I am the person to do business with. And a reputation will spread. And what you'd like that to be is you'd like that to be an incredibly good one. You would like people to go, oh, yes, I know that person. And yes, they are brilliant at what they do. They're very trustworthy. They're very reliable. These are the things we'd all like people to think about us. But we perhaps don't think to convey that in our day-to-day lives. And a a lot of it is actually, I would always say to people, you have to give quite a lot. You have to put yourself out there and be seen as one of the good guys. I jokingly say that when I first started in business, I would go to the opening of an envelope if I thought there was something in it for me. (laughs) And, And I would. I networked relentlessly. To the extent that I got an email from someone last week and all it said was, oh, good God, you really do know everybody. (laughs) To which I replied, well, no, not quite, but I'm working on it. (laughs) Because it is all about who you can, not what you know quite often, but who you know. Because not only can it help you run your own business, but it can also help you make those important connections into other businesses. Because nothing works better than a referral. Yeah, sure. And what would be better than phoning someone who who you know trusts you to say, could you possibly find a way to introduce me to somebody else that you feel is important? And I think it is, but that that is a very, very sometimes an easier way to do business, but unless they know fundamentally what you stand for they're not going to be comfortable doing that because they're not going to be happy that they can do that in in confidence. Because who wants to to refer someone only for them to to cock up and them look like a fool? So it is all about establishing your reputation and what it is you stand for and then getting it out there, getting people to talk about you, getting known for being good at what you do. And, and that will help you grow your business. And it also helps to, to, to give stuff. Get involved in something charitable. Get involved in doing something for nothing. Because it will open you up to an awful lot of opportunities. But it will also help you to get your message out there. Because if people find out you're prepared to do something for nothing... Trust me, the invitations will flood in. <laughs> now, they're not always good invitations. But I'm assuming when you've, have you, when you've been asked to do this, this um, online podcast, is there any fee involved? Uh, no, no. Exactly. No, there is no fee involved. You are doing it for the purpose of self-promotion at the end of the day. Yep. But other people are benefiting from that. So that I would say, put yourself out there. If you get an opportunity to speak or present or get involved in something that will demonstrate what you do, take it every single time if it will help you get into the market you want to get into. And it will also help people realize fundamentally what your ethos is. And I keep coming back to this, but I think people would do better in business if they put more of themselves into their business. Mm. 
And if I go to one more networking <laughs> and go, I'm a printer and I print business cards, and it's like, oh, Lord, it's so dull. It's so boring. <laughs> so, yeah, why would I want to have you print my business cards? Because what makes you better? And then it does come down to price. Yeah. And it shouldn't be about that. So it's all about getting your ethos out there, getting to people know, getting people to know who you are, what you're all about, and it will make people engage with you because they will they will fundamentally want to do business with you. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, engagement and building of relationships. Yeah, it's definitely something I've been realizing and I'm going to a conference next week just for that exact purpose so it's uh, right on track hopefully and uh, well we've got to wrap up here i've got another <laughs> another call in 10 minutes as we said earlier um where's the best places for people to connect with you on your on your website which is uh www.athena-business-solutions.co.uk it's a bit of a mouthful i apologize um i would say the the place i do most of my business is on linkedin okay you will find me under my name lisa chilvers have a look through my profile um i like that particularly because um you can the recommendations that i have on there from clients tend to give a better flavor about what it is that i do because it's almost like the stories of of the successes that i've had which is great Or you can connect with me on Twitter, which is always great because, as you know, Ashley, I am addicted to my social media. <laughs> it's at Athena underscore business. Okay, well, I'll put all of that in. I'll put all of that in the in the show notes anyway, so people That's will have. Lovely. Thank will you have, very much. We'll have links and. Uh, yeah, you've got your book coming up, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, although we chatted before the show, and maybe we'll uh, talk about that later in the year when that's come out and you're doing your. Amazing book tour. <laughs> yes, fantastic. When I'm rich and famous, Ashley, we will we'll chat again and oh. I will be chatting all over the world, hopefully, fingers crossed. Of course. But you like will. I say, if you're not going to think big, why bother at all? Of course. Perfect philosophy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Ashley. Bye bye. So there you have it. An amazing interview with Lisa Childress, all about getting your business on track, finding out what you're all about, finding out where you want to go and why you want to get there. And what you're going to do when you get there. And after all, if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? So I hope you take some of her advice and take a real serious look at your business, what you're doing and where you're going. And if you've got any questions, leave them in the comments or you can use SpeakPipe on the side of the website. There's a little tab there for leaving a voice message. I'd love to hear from you, as would Lisa, I'm sure. And if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, of course, I'd appreciate a review on either Stitcher or iTunes. And you can also leave a comment in the review. Again, I'd love to hear from you. And so have a great week and I'll see you on the next podcast.